It's Monday. This is the audio podcast. This is episode 53, Dino Patch Award. I'm Scott Hewitt. I'm Samuel Freeman. And we haven't done this in almost a month. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing it now, not quite live and not quite at the time we usually do it because this time of day suited us better and we're in the same room and things like that. So Yeah, that's we should actually say why we can't record it at seven o'clock. Oh yeah, so well, I thought we might mention that on um, story number two, but, but these, these oh. things are kind of linked in. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah got I didn't spot that. Um, Good call. Well, we've got rehearsal this evening for um, a project called Hug, Hug the, the World, World, which is a concert tomorrow night, which will be the 1st of May, and it's a six-hour telematic performance with people from 60 places around the world um, or so, all connecting via Jack Trip to send high-quality audio close to real time. Huh. Hopefully, hopefully, we're he- we're hesitant because we've had a few attempted rehearsals at this, um, and we haven't quite got through the university firewall yet. No, n- um, not yet. But we're doing that as part of a Hilo PG, and going to the second item in our story, we have the uh, j- just um, if you're around in the in the Stanford area, then there is the Slork Laptop Orchestra is doing its uh, chamber music concert. Slorktastic. Yeah. That's what which is on May the 3rd at 8pm and it's free so if you're in that part of the world then that's a pretty cool thing very good go. <laughs> um, w- we should probably explain where we've been I'd, we just ploughed straight into the news there didn't we <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we've had a nice holiday we have, it's been have you had a good holiday? yeah um, sort of I've been kind of busy you know how it goes it's been a holiday from this it's rather yes. than from anything else it's been nice to have, be able to kind of not have that panic at half past six on us. Monday evening, you go, oh, I've got to do that thing now. But, yeah. That that has been nice. Um, Over the over the past three, four weeks, whatever it's been, um, I've been away to Louisiana at a laptop orchestra symposium, which I'm going to report back about in the next couple of weeks. We also had a Graham Booth at the Super Collider Symposium. Yes, um, we had him... We had him on standby last week. We thought we might come back a week earlier than we did, and he, he'll probably be late. He... Bleh. He will probably be there at seven o'clock this evening when, w- when we won't. When he can re- give his report to the world, but we'll sort that out. Maybe next week we'll get back on the Super Collider 2012. Which we call and saying they they even managed to get um oh and saying this was an item we would have had in last week's show, which we almost which we started preparing but then aborted, because <laughs> um, they even made a BBC <coughs> the BBC had some coverage about their. Automated judges. It did, yeah. We would when we in the lead up, we were kind of like wondering how how is this going to work, like, and it was there in in the press. I was like, yeah, awesome, cool. So, I guess <laughs> after after doing that, Scott McLaughlin isn't here because he's flying back from Canada and was stuck in Heathrow in a in a in a queue, and was maybe getting here just in time, having flown transatlantic on three hours sleep. So, uh, so he's not here. I think that's a wise decision, really. I think so as well. I thought that was a good call. That's cool. <laughs> so that's where Scott, that's where the other Scott is. He'll be back next next week. Um, yeah. So Dino Patch Awards. Shall we head into the news proper now? <laughs> a little foray. <laughs> well, if you're listening along, you may want to follow what we're talking about. Which, in which case, you can go to wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk, as you may already know. And the notes are all there. Show notes. This is show fifty three. Yeah, all the show notes are there. All the ways of contacting us via Facebook, Twitter, email are all there as well. And also the link to the Google Hangout, where we would normally record this show live, but we're not doing so today. There you go. (laughs) 
Oh. Actually, just um, because oh, you know, you know how I like like num- number links and things. Of course, that, yes. Like, and the tenuous things. Um, uh, on the front page of wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk today, I noticed that the Google Plus um counter is up to fifty three, and this is show fifty three. So that's all. I think maybe I shouldn't mention that now because it might not ever move. And from fifty three, from fifty three, but. Yeah. It'd be ace if we get one like a one like a, a week though. It'd be kind of take a long time for it to be a big number. Hmm. <laughs> do many people use Google Plus though? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, mean, I log in once a week to to do this show. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, I'm always logged into Google, but I log in Google Plus once a week. I've I've started using it. Um, I don't know how people do it, but you can share an entire circle, and then you can click on it and add hundreds of people with one click and you suddenly have a whole circle so i've been following maker spaces and hack spaces around the world very like cool there's a whole load of them so kind of is a as my my view on it has become a kind of a flow of geekery basically it's that's very nice no yeah. that, that's very nice awesome stuff <laughs> talking about geekery maybe we should talk about some audio geekery which okay. is why people are potentially listening to the show so we do have we do have a full set of news <laughs> items here. Plus, we are technically on a time limit. We've only got forty five minutes left, you know. Oh, okay. Before we're meant to be rehearsing across the internet. <laughs> okay. So first of all, uh, alligators. Chomp. Alligators. Heartfx.net. Um, they have a new library out, which is Heart a Gator. Yeah. Um. Now, a lot of people. Well, obviously, the the main issue here is the fact you can now get sound effects of alligators. That's the actual news item. Um, a lot of our regular listeners will be like, aha, there's some comedy names coming up, Scott. Well, actually, it's not a comedy name issue here. The great thing, and Sam actually put the second link in, mm. is the making of. And there's actually a collection of photos and other sort of things about the making of the sound effect library, including the report of one of the microphones being attacked by an alligator. Which, if you've got big, fluffy things on the end of booms and you're dangling them in front of alligators, they're going to they're gonna snap. You, Sorry, you've got to expect that. Yeah, and so yeah, hey Lego, my road blimp is the title of the making of blog entry there, and yeah, I think it's it's an entertaining read and full of tech geekery as well as alligator jokes. Fantastic. <laughs> so we're we're obviously big fans of you know these kind of things. It, it's just great. Americans are fantastic. Having been o- over, having been in America couple of weeks ago i can say that with entire genuineness now that americans are fantastic <laughs> but it's these kind of things that really set them apart it's let's go take our expensive microphones and dangle them over water which we've already discussed that with mm. the recordists the perils in that but then it's like let's throw in a man-eating alligator in the mix as well just to make it more exciting well now that you've mentioned the recordist i i think it was this week so it probably could have been in the show notes but the recordist has a new sound library out too which is um i can't remember the name of it it's something like devil dog it's like but Although we have permission to kind of to show to play bits of the audio from him, like he said that we could do that when we talked to him, but I I listened to these these samples of this dog and and it scared me, in a kind of it, I I felt I felt uneasy. Yeah, so maybe I, there's no link to it, but you could look it up. Look up. I I can't remember exactly what it's called. I think it's something like Devil Dog, but nice work. Mm. Cool. So some alligators, some alligators. We've some mentioned devil dogs. We've mentioned the laptop orchestra going on on this week performing things. So something a little bit more peaceful, maybe reminding you of seaside beloved seaside holidays. Maybe a little bit of Wurlitzer action. Wurlitzer. This is the Wurlitzer V. 
Well, that's five, I suppose. Wurlitzer D. Well, it's a it's a high end software recreation of the classic Wurlitzer two hundred A electronic piano. Unlike sample libraries, it's physically modelling. <laughs> We're so clearly reading that. That's like I just wanted to keep on going. I was like, Sam read that. I want to read the next line just before. No. I couldn't pull it off. I'm sorry. Well, well. So it's a sample library. No, it isn't actually, is it? It's actually a physical modeling engine. So I t- yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so having just completely missed the point of that story. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a sample library. It's, it's a physical modeling engine. It's from Arturia, whose name I don't know that well, actually. Sorry. Cool. but So what is it? It's I'm guessing it's a VSTi. Is, is that all it is? Or can it be other things too? I, I hadn't checked. I'll be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. That's a great question to ask, though. Obviously, well, we can just have a little look here. Here we go. Uh, standalone VST RTAS as well. And audio unit. Mm, cool. There you go. So it's, it's everything. One's under Windows, um, XP Vista 7, 32, and 64 bit. OSX, everything above 10.5. Yeah, there you go. It's yeah. pretty. Are internet connection required to authorize this product? I, I'm just reading that, obviously. I just thought that was fun again. <laughs> You know, um, I'm not really a big Wurlitzer fan. Um, the one thing I do like is the in the list of uh, modelled microphones, the SM57 is there, which I think is, you know. Given the choice of virtual microphones, that might be the one you go for. You never know. Yeah, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, if you're going to spend the time virtualizing and modelling microphones, it's nice that somebody's gone out there and modelled the SM57, but at the same point, you know, it's not my first choice of microphones to model, I don't think. Mm. Someone more boutique. Like, it's not a sales feature, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would go as far... Well, maybe it is a sales feature, and that's cool. But I, I think what I'm suggesting to you here is that in the days before it was cool and hip to model everything, I think the SM50... Like, you know, the, the how-does-it-sound mic with an SM57 was the defaulter. You know, that kind of thing was the default position, wasn't it? You okay. Know, acceptable. And then we started modeling boutique microphones. And I just think it's cool that we've now gone all the way around, so we now start modeling 57s as well. That's just my approximation. Well, I'm just saying, because before, you know, <laughs> w- when you don't select a model, you you still got to have something which is there, like intrinsically capturing the sound. You're opening all sorts of philosophical questions now because we're talking about virtual instruments and virtual microphones. So if you've got a virtual instrument, you're playing it. I, you know, maybe, maybe you, I guess it depends on the virtual instrument in question, but... Maybe you're not questioning how it gets from the virtual question to the virtual tape machine or whatever the DAW is. Perhaps we should be designing virtual microphones with particular characteristic responses. So something that's not, yeah, why not? Might might as well. (laughs) Do you think that there's there's a kind of like a a C library somewhere of of microphone models that people are just plugging into these other things. Or do you think they re remodel it every time? Yeah, I, I I think there must be some sort of library out there. I think I don't yeah. think everybody's remodeling this stuff. There's not that many spaces in the world of good enough quality to be able to do that. I don't think. Maybe. So obviously, the actual story where there was <laughs> that there is a well, it survived. <laughs> uh, it's not a sample library; it's a physical model, and um, from. Uh, we obviously completely got distracted again, though, so that's fine. Um, well, we have more new instrument newsiness. So, everybody's favorite website, the Native Instruments, with their flash goodness. How's it looking on your Linux box there? 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see anything. It just crashes the whole computer. <laughs> okay. That's not true. It kills out Chrome, but yeah, I know that. So I don't go to their website. Um, so I'll talk about what it is then. This is the Scanner XT. Built on top of a reactor? Yep. So it's from the same, from the maker of reactor. It's by Steven Schmidt. Schmidt. And it's described as, I'm going to read again now. Are you ready? Okay. A raucous and exciting synth from the creator of Reactor. Part sampler, part synth. Offers a broad range of sounds. Boom. There you go. <laughs> so. <laughs> I did hand gestures there as well. I was just purely trying to put Sam off for that. I'm sorry. It's just a part sampler, part synth. So. It's not all sample library. It's not, it's not a physical model. It's part. Can you drop your own samples into it, do you think? I think you can. I suspect so. Yeah, you should be able to drop your own samples into there. You might have to wrap your samples up in some sort of weird proprietary format, but you'd be able to drop them in. <laughs> you may be able to drop them straight in as well. I'm just mm -hmm. summarizing. This thing would work on the machine, that's what they, they describe. Very cool. Um, I really think, you know, I, I know we keep on talking about people are going to interview and stuff like that, but I really think we should, I'd really like to organize an interview with the Native Instrument guys, because first of all, I'd like to complain about their website to them. But after that, I have lots of actual, like, they have loads of cool products, and it'd be really neat to, like, talk about them, wouldn't it? This, this thing reminds me of the um, the pad shop, is that what it was called? Oh, yeah, that was cool. Where the granular synth from Steinberg a few weeks ago, or months ago, I don't know, time a no. few weeks of shows ago is yeah, is months ago, ago now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ages um, away. Yeah, I wondered if it was kind of uh, w when I first started reading it, I thought like I saw a lady doing some sort of granular thing here, but uh, sorry, I when I when I read description of technical things, like my brain automatically says how you could build that in Max because I'm just a Max addict and But that's when I I think the the part sampler, part synth, in my mind, what that's actually saying in marketing spiel is it's not a sampler, it's not a synth, it's a combination of the two, and it's not characteristically that or that sort of stuff. Because you know what I mean? Yep. That's, and I, I think it's not an architectural issue because, yeah, if you have like three samples and you play them all together and they're additively combined, then you're arguably doing some level of synthesis there. Indeed. And the... Yeah, the underlying way that this appears to be working is they have a number of oscillators, and those oscillators are used to read the sample. And so at low frequencies, you get the sample moving sounds. You hear it sounding like scratching. As this is all from their description. And at higher frequencies, you're going to get... You're going to hear the sound... You're going to hear the tone of the oscillator with the timbre induced by the And sample. if you put your max head on for a minute here, obviously something like a cycle object is actually reading through a... A table anyway, yeah. A buffer of a table values. So is that a sampler? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's a that's a cycle tilde object. That's okay. We know what that is. No, yep. we don't need to worry about it. That's an answer we can give. So this sounds like a fundamentally simple thing that, but because it's fundamentally simple, probably has awesome results. Because awesome. That's how things go sometimes. As their website doesn't work, as their website's a flash website, I can't really see that. So. Yeah. I just I know every time I go visit it on another computer I'm like yeah it's fine they do cool products I say that quite happily I don't like their website should we move on yes okay this one is a link to a YouTube video and this this almost certainly would have been plunder had I had I not kind of spotted it and just thought it was cool 
and it was fairly recent. So this is a, a NAB video by Avid and um from, from NAB. And what they're what they're talking about here is the Magma um Thunderbolt um expansion box. So what they have is a box which allows you to go to Thunderbolt to PCI Express. So you can put your PCI Express cards into here and then connect it to your Thunderbolt. Connect it over Thunderbolt to your MacBook. And as a consequence, you can run full full HDX Pro Tools on it, which is what obviously as Avid are selling Pro Tools. That's what they <laughs> you can do with it. So, so which I thought was cool. Like um that's that's a really cool piece of functionality and yeah. it's a pretty impressive. It it shows you how powerful Thunderbolt is as a technology in terms of connectivity and you know, that's a good endorsement of the kind of way it's been written as well, that you can run an HDX, like you can run a PCI card of that sort of quality and that sort of real-time requirement, and it works. So that's kind of cool. The other um, the other thing they mentioned along there is they're using a, a fiber optic cable for the Thunderbolt, and I think, I can't remember how long the one they're using in the video is, but up to 100 meters capacity for yeah. putting Thunderbolt from one place to another, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, uh, that is, th that's really cool. I d yeah, you know? I think Thunderbolt's gonna. I think, you know, I think Thunderbolt's going to uh, going to kind of change everything. Much in the same way that everybody said, "Oh, I think Firewire is going to change everything," and uh, yeah, nothing like a tech prediction to go wrong. Yeah, but it's it's cool anyway. It, it's a cool piece of tech. I think that's a great option for people. As you know, as somebody who's kind of between laptops, between kind of recording systems, kind of got Firewire kit that's going out seeing this kind of thing really is quite interesting because I can see how, you know, Thunderbolt's really actually going to offer something beyond, you know, what what was previously possible. Because a bit of me was thinking, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to end up just buying a, you know, a an eight-in, eight-out Thunderbolt sound card, which essentially will do everything that Firewire 400 sound card would do. But I have to buy a new one and it costs a fortune. Whereas here, it's actually, oh, you could, you know, new systems and sort of dedicated processing. There's a lot more bandwidth available. No, that's a uh, interesting thing. Obviously, this is a uh, costs uh, a massive amount of a massive <laughs> amount of money at the moment because it's it's new tech and it's an expensive tech designed for professional users. But it's interesting to see as a well as the development. This is exactly what this is exactly what they um they said Thunderbolt would be used for as it comes along. So when it was first announced, the ability to transfer from different formats to it is what was cited, and here we have the PCI Express being translated to it. So. I should think that if Thunderbolt continues to grow in popularity and get taken on by other manufacturers, you'll be able to use your Firewire machine for a little box very easily, I should think. Yeah, okay. Cool. I like it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a cool video anyway. Obviously, it's it's one of those great moments where you have somebody from Avid interviewing somebody from Avid as well, so that's always kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're always nice as moments, I think. It's like, yay, it's a... Hi, I'm here from Avid, and this kind of has an informal info commercial feel about it. But I'm interviewing somebody else from Avid. That's kind of nice at that point, though. I think it's cool, though. It was a very, very informative video, actually. So I'm not taking the mick out of it in any serious way. Just it's just fun, something to bear in mind. Yep. That's dumb. So I guess uh, going from empowering our uh, portable computers to do everything, if we head back to the other side of this kind of IT world where everything will be done in the browser, we have the Patrasaur. Patrasaur, so yeah, taking technology ideas from one place, plugging them into another. Yeah, this is a Max, MS, Max slash MSP slash pure data like patching environment. Runs in the browser. 
Um, now, when they say it runs in the browser, right, it runs in Chrome. It runs in Chrome. And in order to use it, you have to um, oh, yeah, download and install a whole bunch of things, which kind of intimidated and scared me, and I'm not going to do that. I I began, I, I had a little look at it, and then stopped. But if, if you're interested, um, if you're on a Mac, you could homebrew it uh, using Node and Git, NPM, and RubyGems. Uh, you've to kind of a similar sort of feel. Um, I'm I'm using Arch Linux at the moment, and there wasn't a set of Arch Linux instructions, and I so and I I only had I kind of started to play, but then stopped. Um, the code is available up on uh, GitHub though, so it'll be under some sort of permissive license. I haven't actually checked, but well, you'll be able to get the code anyway. So there you go. So so and it, it looks kind of cool. I'm saying there is a demonstration of it, and it is exactly what you're kind of expecting. It is a it is a graphical patching environment inside. Um, inside the browser, all of the audio is being pushed out of uh, through JavaScript as okay. part of the Accelerate JavaScript engines. So that's kind of cool. Um, and I, I find these things are really, they're kind of, I, I find them kind of exciting and interesting just as kind of, you know, as an opportunity. I think it's cool that people are pushing the uh, the browser so hard now, which is cool. Yeah, I'm a bit, I, I don't think you're going to look at this and think, oh, well, so no more. Just don't need to do Max anymore, or don't need to do PD anymore. It's not, it's not there yet. But actually, I think it's quite a long way from there. It's quite a task. It's a nice idea that you can do anything in the browser, and I mean, the browser is just serving as a, as like a shell. I'm hesitant to use that word because it has technical meaning. I know, but it's, it's a way. The the cool thing about the browser is it's there. It's fairly cross. It's fairly cross-platform. So. You can, you know, it's like the world of Java that we were promised, which never came about. Exactly the same way as the idea of a browser being cross-platform, and that's never came about. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it makes progress. Um, I I do feel it's appropriate for us to draw to people's attention that the final line of the opening paragraph, it's a buggy work in progress and not usable yet, but it can do some cool things. So but I it can do some cool things, yeah. And yeah, from the demo video on there, it does look pretty cool. I I, I believe in that it works. Yeah. Um, I'd like to speak with these guys as well. I think that'd be a cool thing to do. We should email them as well. Yeah, let's do that. Um, looking down, just scrolling down the page, they've got the list of available objects, or like like cycle tilders at the top. You've already mentioned that. Um, everything you'd expect on there. But what what does um what does the CB object do? Do you know? It's right at the bottom. Don't know. It's just CB. Maybe it's an abbreviation of checkbox, which is the thing above. Maybe. Yeah, because then it says T and trigger reading up. Okay, never mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. I see that. <laughs> Maybe that's because they're definitely taking, obviously, obviously having not run it, not being able to see an object reference, it's hard to say, but this is definitely Max, Max-esque objects here, isn't it? Mm. Oh, well, Max-esque, PD-esque objects. So I wonder if compatibility is something that they're Oh, so, you're, so concerned patches with. that you can build in one place, you'll be able to load up in another. Yeah, that'd be cool. Hmm. Build something in one environment and load it into a r into a real time player in the browser. Into like a environment in the browser that'd be pretty sweet. That would be, but it would rely on the um, end user having all of this crazy stuff installed. But I mean, this is a kind of early t stage development -y thing. Yeah. So if there was a point where the browser itself could handle everything and you could just push it in, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. In much the same way, you can PD into iOS devices and stuff. Yeah. No, that's very true. 
So one of the one of the cool features about these things though is that they use the web browser, which is a great piece of technology for enabling communication around the world and people to talk to each other and to share ideas and things like that. And, and heaven forbid that anybody would ever in some way want to restrict our ability to communicate with each other. Well. Um oh, let's just get through this quickly. The pirate bay <laughs> Yep, Pirate Bay must be Pirate Bay must be blocked by UK ISPs. So that's the title of the story. And so there you go. I Let's say no more about it. There, yeah. this is done. I liked my intro. I thought my intro was good. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. If you're in the UK, well, if you're anywhere, anywhere in the world, that's probably of interest. If you're in the UK, maybe it's of interest as well. I'd, I'd like to just, I'd, actually, I want to add something else here. Okay. Because <coughs> I would concede that the Pirate Bay is like, you know, the vast majority, I would suppose that the vast majority of content on the Pirate Bay was facilitating illegal activity. And that's, I understand the dangers of doing that, and that's fine. And I understand that, and I'm not arguing that, I don't, you know, I don't think that violating copyright is appropriate. And I'm not arguing that. What I am arguing is that the, the, the minute you start blocking websites, it becomes, it's a fairly slippy slope that you're on there. Because there is yep. legal content <coughs> on the Pirate Bay which is will be no longer accessible. And that's problematic. And then when you start blocking things for whatever reasons, ever becomes easier to block other things and other things and other things. And then, you know, so that's that. So I just, you know, I want to make sure we're on a kind of copyright. We, we have that kind of statement. Now, a cool feature about our show is the fact that we have a, uh, well, well, how are we? Oh, we're like dual licensed, aren't we? I think we are. Are we? We are Creative Commons, share alike. We're Creative Creative Commons share alike by attribution, non-commercial. Mm -hmm. So you can do anything you like with this as long as you're not using it commercially. And all you have to do is say that you got it from us, and that's cool. Or we are Creative Commons, share alike, no derivatives, like that. So if you want to, you can use this show in its entirety for any purpose, but you can't edit. You can't you can't edit it. You can't change it. You have to use it exactly as we kind of distribute it out. But you can use it for any purpose if you want to under those terms. You go. Did you realize we were dual licensed like that? No, and I'm trying to wrap my brain about it. Basically, if you're not trying to make money out of using our show, yep. you can do anything you want with it. Okay. And if you're wanting to make money out of using our show, you have to use our show in its entirety. Ah, uh, that does make sense. So, see if you words alone kind of pale me sometimes. But yeah. yeah. That's cool. You can. That's, that's how it is. So that means that you don't have to worry about copyright infringement with our show. You can just give it to anybody you want to. It's fine. And we have no intention of chasing anybody anyway. I don't think. <laughs> anyway, so the pirate, if you wanted to go to the pirate bay, you, I guess you've got however long it takes for BT to block it left <laughs> to go, <laughs> which is probably, as this was this morning, I suspect it's probably too late now. Anyway, um, oh, dogs. Dogs, yes. And YouTube. Hey, look like copyright violation and back to animals with teeth. Hey, um, this is a particular do dog. It's a red dog, in fact, and they, um, they're a music shop. Indeed, they are. Reddogmusic.co.uk. And they have a competition with a prize of a thousand pounds. Up to. Up to a thousand pounds, yes. And to win that, all you have to do is film yourself playing any item that we sell. So you don't have to have bought it from them, but. Yeah. When we say we sell, they mean them. I was just obviously I was just reading their press release again. <laughs> we sell. <laughs> but they, they kind of do guitars and things like that, but they also do kind of tech gear as well. So a bit of me was thinking it'd be really fun. Actually, I think, Sam, we should maybe consider an audio podcast entry into this. But 
choosing some sort of obscure tech item that they sell. Like a cable. Like a cable. Mm. That'd be fun. But in order to win, you have to have the highest number of YouTube videos, um, YouTube views, video views, video views. That's yeah, that's the right technical term. Um, yeah, because you enter by putting it on YouTube and yeah. So this is a really great advertising push for them, basically. It is. It's yeah. What they're saying is, come and have a look at our shop and um, see if there's anything on there you want to make a video of. <laughs> that's the way I read it. Because in order to know that they sell it, you have to go and have a look what they're selling. Very clever. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. For each thousand, we had five pounds total price pot available for maximum price pot of a thousand pounds. I was I was more enthusiastic about this until I tried to read the um, terms and conditions. Oh, I and having it, yeah. just read the news story about Pirate Bay and legal nonsense, um, just the, the legalese involved, although it's probably it just kind of wasn't really very excited about that. But what I was excited by was um, at the top of the like the an unrelated thing, kind of, is that Red Dog also have a link. To, so their previous post was to a Korg Monotron delay video where they play with that. Right, very cool. Yeah. If anyone wants to buy a Korg Monotron delay and send it to me, because I don't think I'm actually going to buy one, but I, t- I would like to play with one. You'd like to play with one? Yeah. So would you be willing to have some sort of loan of one and maybe return it back to them? Yeah, I would, I'd, I'd accept that. That's yeah. cool. Just wanted to, you know, find oh yeah. out. Do you know Because oh, actually it was probably while watching that video today that I decided that probably wouldn't get one because the thing that I'd like about it the most is the fact that is the delay aspect of it and for 50 quid or whatever they're selling at I mean there might even be more but you think again like a maybe a boss delay pedal or something like that delay that's pedal yeah that's nice okay. be like yeah delay mm. awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh I'm in such a weird mood <laughs> All right, so it turns out there's 13. Oh, <laughs> this is sweet. So there's 13 terms and conditions, of which the 13th <laughs> term is all participants to the contest must agree to abide by the YouTube terms of service in order to enter. So in actual fact, after you've read these 13 terms here, you really should then go read the YouTube terms of service as well. I like that. I can imagine they're fairly beefy. Yeah, I I didn't only made it to about six in this list of 13. Never mind all of that. Although... In the back of my mind, whilst reading them, I was always aware that that, that would be the case from their stipulation of entering via YouTube. Yeah. Hey, no, that's fair enough. That's such, such as I think we maybe should have an audio podcast entry just for a laugh. Just for fun, you know. I, I'm, I'm non-committal on this. You're idea. non-committal on this idea. Okay, I understand. Shall we? Uh, shall we? Shall we move along? I guess. Okay, so this is the awards aspect of the title, then. It is. Um, focus rate. Wins second Queen's Award for Enterprise. Yeah. Basically, Focusrite have been successfully selling things overseas this year. So you win an award for it. That's cool. I thought that was nice. You know, like so. <laughs> I thought, you know, they won an award. It's a cool company. It's a British company. They've won an award. So let's yep. just mention it. I don't really know what else you got to comment about, to be honest. Um, no, I think, you know. You know, I don't feel I have anything of, of value to add to this, which isn't just fun and just for fun. And I do think they're a great company, so Yep. And they make cool products, so let's maybe just move on. Okay. Unless you have anything you want to remark about that. No, I had I'd actually um skipped that when I was reviewing the notes. I had Whoa. the tab open but it was hiding because I had so many I haven't scrolled along and seen the last one. I had gone straight from Red Dog to Plunder. Arr, it's plunder time. <laughs> and first up on the plunder is um, 
Blue Cats Freeware Plugins. Ow. Dogs, cats, please, red. Um, so it's some free some free plugins um, that actually pretty much run on everything, which is pretty impressive, I think. Yeah. Mac and, PS, uh, Mac and PC, VST, RTAS, AAX, Audio Units, DirectX, 32-bit and 64-bit. Yeah. There's a chorus, a flanger, a frequency analyzer, a game suite, a phaser, and a triple EQ. So all it's kind of... All for free. All for free. So, cool. yeah. Why not go check it out? Well, I thought it's a freebie, hey, you know? Yep. Um, really. Yeah, Yeah. if you send me, if you s- if you kind of contact me advertising your freebies, then I'm fairly, you know, that works quite well. You know, if it's something that's free, I'm happy to do that. If you, like, send me emails about things that you have to pay for, then it has to be newsworthy for it to actually... Or funny. Or funny. To actually get through the filter, but you know what I mean? Why not? So that's kind of cool. And um, I think something that people love as much as free things is uh, free technique and free advice. Yeah, so I didn't um, get to watch this all the way to the end because the internet connection was just dying on me. But this is a tutorial on how to use a de-esser, which possibly you've used on this microphone. I don't know. We should be okay, I think. Okay. Oh, we'll talk about our microphones in a minute just for fun. All right. But yeah, um, it it talks about well. First of all, it's kind of fun. Uh, Puremix.net, their video tutorials are kind of fun. Anyway, just the way they're presented, they're very well put together. Yeah, and it and it shows a great piece of technique, and then it does a comparison between the um, Avid one, the DBX, Massey Waves, Sonics, and LSS E2. So it kind of compares some of the most common DSs around, and kind of does that. One thing I really liked about it actually is the fact that he actually demonstrates the the manual hard labor version of it first. Yep. Which I think is a nice piece of balance because quite often in those it's like, so let's compare w- awesome plugins to see what they can do. Whereas a nice pe- point, of, a nice place to start is to say, this is manually what we could do. And for obvious reasons, we might prefer to use something else to do this job automatically yeah. for us. Because if there were just one S that was jumping out of a mix that you wanted to reduce, you w- would just go and automatically mm-hmm. volume on that particular bit of audio. Yep rather than process every second of it. And I think that that comment about how our ears are so sensitive to the sustained sound, sustained sound, <laughs> nice. You know, it, I thought that was an interesting remark as well, how, you know, our ears are a lot more sensitive to it than it than you would, than it appears when you look at it visually. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was interesting as well. But if you look at um, sonogram data, you can kind of see why, because the S sound has energy across full frequency band pretty much compared to other vocal noises cool awesome <laughs> so that's the end of the plunder is, we um, were going to mention our mics because we, we're using kind of slightly slightly boutique i'm i've we've actually used both these mics before though i'm using an electro voice re20 which i happen to think is a really great mic i actually really like using it for podcasting um the only problem with it is it's massive it weighs a ton and it's like it's just impossible to find a mic stand that it can actually hold so what what you tend to do is get a mic stand and find out whatever position it will stay in, and then you have to just work around that <laughs> position. What well, are you using, Sam? In a similar way, another weighty microphone is the Coles um, Ribbon microphone. I can't see the model number, actually. I'm not quite sure what model I'm in. Oh, it must be there. I'll, I'll just move. Oh. I'm, I'm moving around the microphone now. Have a look. It's, it wasn't on the box. It's... Um, No, I could, I could tell you what patent numbers it is. That's what they've decided to print on it. Oh no, no, that that. But well, there we go. Hey. So that's a calls. This calls microphone, BBC type. 
It's quite nice, actually. It is. I've, en- I've enjoyed using these in lots of applications in the world and in, in, in the tech. So. Yeah. I guess for completeness, we're uh, taking our two very expensive mics and uh, pushing <laughs> them through some uh, dirty, nasty Yamaha O1V preamps, which have seen probably a decade's worth of service, I suspect, and they're not so great. And then we're uh, crushing it all to MP3 onto a, a DRO5, my little task camera recording. Because we're lazy. <laughs> well, we're not lazy. We're it'll get posted eventually. Cool. So, um, yes, that's that's the audio podcast show fifty three. Um, Dino Patch Award. Yeah, we're going to be back next Monday, seven p.m. live. That's some level of commitment we haven't discussed. Hopefully, well, yourself. the idea is to get back into kind of regular thing again. So, I guess that's where it'll be. Yeah, um, you could send us some email of encouragement or contact us or, or contact details at wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk. If this is your first time you've ever heard us, then you're in luck. You have a year's worth of shows that you can <laughs> listen to. So you can, you know, that's ace. So even if we stop producing today, we've left a legacy of a year behind us. How about that? That's, that's nice. Very good. But we're going to be back next week. But yeah. Did we have a do today's date, by the way? And um, we're recording this on Monday, the 30th of April. Thank you very much, Sam. 2012. That's the one. Okay. <laughs> um, I've been Scott Hewitt. Um, it's been my pleasure. I'm Samuel Freeman. And this was the audio podcast. Bye. Bye.